everybody, and welcome to an electrifying wild ride with Steve-O. We've got arguably the king of EDM, electronic dance music, Steve Aoki. And wow, was he candid. I went ahead and asked about the celebrity DJs and like how easy is it to pretend to be DJing and you're really not DJing. Like dude, he is the coolest. He came with the goods. He served up the juice and man, this one is humongous. So strap on your seatbelts and let's get into it. All right. And uh, we're good to go? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Aoki. Yeah, dude. <laughs> now you've met Scott Randolph. Sir. What's up, Scott? You've met Vinny. What's up, dude? What's up, nice to meet you. Yeah. Um, man, off to a crazy start. Um, we show up, setting up the podcast, and someone comes over to the bus and says, Steve's about to get into a cold plunge, and he wants to know if... If, if you want to join him, like, how am I going to say no to that? <laughs> That's what it takes to get you in a cold plunge nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, nowadays. I, I mean, was surprised <laughs> you didn't do it. I, I, you haven't done it yet. I was like, wow, Steve-O hasn't done a cold plunge. Out of all the crazy shit you've done, I'm like, this, <laughs> this is a cold plunge. I'm like, this is awesome. I got to do the first one with you, you know? Right. I mean, I've jumped into cold water. For sure. Before. Yeah. I mean, one of the first things I ever did way back in the day was extreme ice skating where I uh, went out on a frozen river skating in a tutu until I fell through the ice. <laughs> um, but yeah, that five minutes. By the end of that five minutes, I was not You okay. did the whole five. I did the whole five. Dude, he wouldn't let me. He had me in a <laughs> real naked choke over here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt you trying to like slide out towards him. I'm like, nah, man, I'm going back in. <laughs> I mean, dude, I don't understand what how that can be good for you. Well, how do you feel now? I feel great now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, now, on a regular basis, you do five minutes. That's yeah, you do like four or five minutes. I feel like at some point is it diminishing returns. Yeah. But, you know, I actually, I don't really do it for like the inflammation, you know, which is a big reason why you should do it. Uh, the muscle inflammation, all that stuff. But I do it just for my, the chaos in my mind and how to control that and find calm in it. And, all and, right. um, and then obviously there's like, you know, your mitochondria is fucking moving. Your cells are going like crazy. Your, your, your immune system is getting boosted. And all that good stuff inside. Cold plunges are having a moment where a lot of people are broadcasting to the world that they're so good for you. So I mean, I'm, I'm a believer in the in extreme cold exposure, uh, also extreme heat exposure. So like just just saunas on a regular basis. I think saunas are even better than 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 a cold plunge. As far as health benefits. Okay. Do you have a sauna at your house too? Dude, we, we came out of we're the sauna. We were roasting. Oh. We were like well, then basically <laughs> turkeys in the oven. Yeah. We were roasting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, that, that's, uh, it's just great, man. I really appreciate how, uh, you know, like just ready to go you were as soon as we met. Like, oh, let's do this. Let's do that. Well, you're Steve-O, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been watching you do the craziest shit like on TV forever. So I'm like, I got to I gotta get to your level, you know, at there, least a little bit. I love that. I love that. You got a huge foam pit in the house. We both did gainers <laughs> off of the platform into the foam pit. They hit the skateboard ramp. That, 
they did snapping. We did Aoki jumps yeah. in the studio. I'm Good. so surprised that out of all those Polaroids on the wall, that I'm the only one. You're the only one. Yeah. yeah. And no one has to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Bunch of bitch ass pussies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. How old are you? 45. 45. Okay. I'm uh, soon to be 49. Well. Yeah, you're, you're aging a lot better than I am, man. <laughs> no. And I'm not aging terribly, but uh, you're doing really well. What's it well. like to be at the last year of your 40s? Because uh, 50 <laughs> sounds so old. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> 40s is like, okay, that's like old, but it's not old. <laughs> like, 50s is just fucking old. Like, right, right. I'm like five years from now, so I'm trying to savor every single fucking day I have. I don't want to be fucking 50. That's I too fucking it. scary. So, like, I get what's it. that like, man? I mean, dude, I've got this tour that I was telling you about, and I come out on stage, I say, you know, I don't expect you guys to know this, but I'm in a really bad situation. I'm Steve-O in my 40s. And, like, it gets laugh. <laughs> but if I were to do the same line and say I'm Steve-O in my 50s, then it has oh, stopped God. being funny. <laughs> <laughs> it know? just hits different. Yeah, it hits different. And so I'm wrapping up this tour, and my next tour is uh, the whole show is going to be like a, kind of an examination of how I'm confronting middle age yeah. and, and, be, and becoming actually old. Right. I'm lashing out at father but time. I, I, like, obviously, your body, it... it it's different. Like it heals differently. You it's feel not, that, or it's not the same as it used to be. I definitely need to retire from doing backflips. Okay. <laughs> Even that gainer we just did in your house, I came up so short and just landed on my face. That's the great thing about the foam pit, though. <laughs> like you can get you can yeah. short. So. But uh, but hey, man, we we get older, and that's what happens. Are, are your Aoki jumps? getting lower uh, i don't know i yeah, your jump was pretty high 49 uh well thanks man 48 at the moment <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was an ice bath dude yeah the ice bath yeah i oh mean you might God. need to incorporate some of that i mean if you you know for like just limberness and yeah, like you know you do, do yoga yeah I, I mean not i do it like what i kind of do like the 10 minute yoga before i work out okay so it's more like stretching that sounds but, that sounds good for me i mean I, I'm terrified of yoga. Yeah, why? I, it's just like, I, whenever I've done it, I, I've found the experience to be so miserable that I just can't stand doing it. I dread the idea of it. Because you can't stretch well or you can't? Yeah, I just, uh, I can't stretch well. I, mean, I don't know. I, I, you've done it with me. I hate it. Hate it. You don't like it either? And, and I hate know, it so much that I'm like so pissed off <laughs> at the teacher while we're doing it. But like, I realize it's my fault that I think it's I hate it because I fault. it's 100% your fault because I suck so bad and one yeah. step worse is that everything about the the miserable experience is my body crying out that it needs me to do yoga it's like me not doing yoga because I don't like the experience is like if I were to floss my teeth and my gums bled okay. and I said, oh, flossing makes my gums bleed. Better not do that. Yeah, exactly. When in fact, the gums bleeding is them crying out because you need to floss. That's a good example. It's so true, though. Yeah. Yeah, because when, when, when my gums bleed, I'm like, fuck, I got to do this more. Because like, yeah. I, I don't do as much either. Oh, and, yeah, I floss yeah. so Dude, I used to be one of these people who cannot get away with not flossing 
and as such just has this bacteria. You know that bacteria if you smell it in people's mouths? Yes. That's and, for, that's I all I was just talking about that. Yeah, no like matter what. Like if you kiss if you kiss like if oh. I kiss a girl, like I could I could almost uh, I'm like, please floss. I just want to say like yeah, please floss I know. without saying you, I know. Like, it's there. You can smell the. It's like when you when you do the floss it, and you smell the, yeah, the smell line. The boss, yeah. And you're you're just like wow. And then you're like you smell on someone's breath. It's because they didn't floss. It's because they didn't floss. It's so gnarly. And our society is structured such that it, it is not acceptable to tell somebody, "Hey, man, I need to talk to you as a friend." Like I'm just telling you, you got to floss. Somebody you know? to, somebody told me that Colgate has like a thing you can call in and they'll secretly send a package to the person and say, hey, somebody reported you as having bad breath. <laughs> wow. It's not even bad breath. Bad, bad breath comes from inside you like and it blows out. This is just a dead animal sitting in your mouth that just crawled behind <laughs> your tooth and died. I, I think about that all the time. Here's another fun fact I learned. The plaque in your mouth that, that stays there actually can seep through your gums into your brain. It, it causes, it causes, it causes heart amyloid, heart amyloid, um, amyloid beta plaques that eventually cause Alzheimer's and God, that's so uh, dementia and all that. All like the the plaques between wow. your synapses, right? So like your synapses are firing, remembering where your keys are, and then you have plaque buildup and you just don't remember anymore. Because I so understand that's, that's kind of crazy. Saunas take that away. Saunas, that's yeah. That's, saunas take that's, the plaque. That's what the research says is that saunas, like being in 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 a hot, extreme heat exposure creates these heat shock proteins that that uh, cut through the plaque. So I, I get very excited about that stuff. Yeah. I'm over here freaking out. I haven't flossed in like a decade. I mean, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I know, I know, Next time you it's, kiss someone, like, you know, be, like it's about. been a long time since I've flossed. I, it's been a very long time. I can tell you that I have not smelled that bacteria coming out of your mouth. Okay, great. Are you, are you being and really you close? Or are you being, uh, are you being <laughs> really honest? Yeah. Scott and I made a pact when we started working together almost 10 years ago that if either of us smell that on each other, that like... Give him a heads up, dude. Bro code is you yeah. got to tell me. Yeah, I think it's important. I think, yeah. it, like, you know, it's like, you got, if you start off with a preface, like, I'm not saying this to be mean. Right. I'm saying this, to, like, to benefit you. Right. Right. I remember a dentist telling me that. I went to a dentist, he told me that, and then I just realized, oh my God, that's why uh, people have told me, dude, your breath. And I'm like, I just brushed my teeth. They're like, yeah, but your breath. <laughs> you know? And one time I got in the van with the jackass guys and Wee Man says, dude, Steve-O, your breath. And then Noxo says, saying Steve-O has bad breath is like saying Wee Man is short. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It was gnarly, and, and and people would tell me like your breath, and I just didn't know. Yeah. And then when I the dentist told me that one time in 2009, ever I don't think I've had that ever since. I'm I'm very vigilant about yeah. my oral hygiene. Water pick, floss, wow, brush, tongue scrape. The tongue scrape work. is is like something I don't do. Oh, dude, it's a I, big one. Yeah, but Every, what? But like like, I mean, obviously it scrapes all the bacteria and gross stuff off your tongue, but is that is that something you should do so you, it doesn't build up over time? Or I, I, I just think that the bacteria building up on your tongue is a threat to your breath. Yeah. 
And anybody who knows me knows that when they hear violent gagging, it's the worst. That that's me, because <laughs> I because I go to scrape my tongue so far back that I, oh. I I violently gag every time I do it. Four in the morning on a tour bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and what what a, what a fascinating uh, discussion. But what, what I want to know, I've seen you do Aoki jumps like on private jets, and like, like, it, it, do you have a, a top Aoki jump? And, and and apologies if that's such a generic question. No, no, it's not. It's actually I, I don't think I've ever been asked that question, and I've, and like it's like my thing. Um, I've done. I, I've done more than what I've numbered because I number them. Yeah. I've numbered them from 2012 since like the beginning of Instagram I started. So right like I think the first month of Instagram was my first Aoki jump. It was in Miami on the beach. I remember that. And and I've done over like 1,000, 1,100 or something that I've documented. Um, it's hard to pick a favorite one. I did sit so many. A the lot of them. Private jet. Pretty sick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On top of the private jet. Yeah. Yeah. That that's pretty epic. That's pretty epic. Um, I did one in a hospital because I, I hurt my neck, and okay. I did one like while I was in the gurney. So it was a fake jump. <laughs> I had my feet up like this, okay. like, <laughs> uh, like the neck brace on in in Puerto Rico after I like I screwed my neck up really bad from jumping off this DJ booth, and um, so I remember that one just because the experience was so like. Yeah. yeah, on the private jet one, like that had to have been. I mean, did did they check out the jet after you did that to make sure that the jet wasn't compromised? <laughs> like, I mean, if you figure if some some guys jumping on the wing, like I don't want to get in there and fly well, this thing. I've done it a few times where I'm, I'm on top of the jet. Right, right, right. So right. I've been like I climbed on the wing and then climbed on the very very top and then I jumped and then, yeah, yeah. Of course, like, you know, I'm asking. The permissions and making right, sure right, like right. is this like cool is this like you know and they're like it's totally fine so you know we we're able to do it <laughs> and these are like small airports with right. like probably a lot less restrictions and regulations or, you know man we uh, met up with a pilot and talked to uh we actually met him at the airport and we and, and i was like hey dude i want to uh, duct tape myself to a plane and that we were initially before we did it was the billboard truck and I was driving down the highway duct taped to it. It was supposed to be an airplane and I was duct taped to it. And the guy was the guy ended up getting cold feet after agreeing to it. Like Well he was down as fuck and then when we actually showed up at the plane with the stunt guy, the stunt coordinator and like three other people, he was like you can just see like he's like, I can't lose my pilot's license for this. <laughs> like yeah. this is you know So I, I had a story like this. So I was on a plane uh, and this this uh pilot is the homie he was awesome and um he was you know we're flying up in there and he's like yo look to the right and then we look to the right and boom the plane just does a like a flip a okay. private plane doing a full-on flip like a, they call like a, a barrel a barrel roll, a barrel roll, okay, a barrel yeah. roll. and we're like whoa shit this is crazy yo and like and then we're like can you do it again we gotta film it oh wait 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 the plane you were in yes did the barrel yeah yeah so we're like going up and then he's like yo look to the right like look outside then boom he does a barrel roll and then we go i'm like yo can you do it again he's like so he was so cool and then he goes out and he and i'm like can we do it again we'll film it this time and then he does it again and then you know i put it up on on the gram 
you know, and then poor guy lost his license. For oh, sure. man. Bummer. I felt so bad about that because I, I, he was the best pilot I ever. He was just so cool. Damn. You know, wow. like, you know, the guy would just like do like stuff like that. And, you know, you don't want to like, you don't want to get him in trouble. I don't want to get him in trouble. Yeah. Of you know what I mean? Not. Like he's, he's not doing anything like. You know, that he can't handle it. You know, right. I, I mean, I did, I did a Red Bull stunt plane once, like with uh, Kerry Chambliss, and that was, I mean, we did, we did like 30 barrel rolls. Yeah. We did front flips. We did like going up and draw, and then turning off the engine, and him like falling down, and then flipping all the way down, wow. and, and going straight so down cool. as if like now I know what it feels like to go nosedive and die. Yeah. And then coming back out of that through, you know, six G's out up. Like that was one of the most epic bucket list items for I, sure for me. I, I've, uh, I feel like that that jerk that has to one up everybody, but. Uh... <laughs> I know you're gonna one up me. I mean, this is like kind of like, I'm telling the story so I can hear yours. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, I think that it, it's a little bit different. Like, we, I didn't do as much cool stunts as you just described. But when we were in Russia filming Wild Boys, which was actually the final ever Wild Boys trip, um, I got in a Russian MiG fighter jet and went faster than the speed of sound. Oh, my God. All the way to the edge of the Earth's atmosphere. Oh, my God. That's where, incredible. Where, like, it was not a cloud in the sky, like, blue. It was noon, fully sunny day. And we went up to the point where it was just straight dark and I was looking at the earth from like wow. from darkness still within the earth's atmosphere and I remember I asked the pilot um, does this make me an astronaut and the pilot this Russian goes yes, <laughs> yes. and, and, and uh, Chris Pontius went on to, uh, to to dispute that he said if you go to the edge of a woman's pussy you're still a virgin <laughs> <laughs> This is why you're on TV. This is exactly why you're on TV. You say funny, stupid shit like this. It's like too fucking good. It's too fucking good. Oh my god. But on the way back down, we did do barrel rolls. That's it. You know, there wasn't like like. Um, did you do any G's? I mean, I do like out of the whole experience because I hate roller coasters. I hate like you know, but out of the whole experience, it was just a claustrophobia issue because it was just such a tiny space that we were in. Like, That's got to be one of the coolest I, things I you've ever done. It's, it's definitely up there. Top. It's definitely. Yeah. When you went up I, I, to the so, edge, was the earth flat or was there a curvature? Oh, dude, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert: the earth was not flat. But I'll tell you what is flat, extremely sharp, and super high quality, and that is my razors from Harry's. Now listen here and listen close, because this is a deal that you're out of your mind if you don't jump on. Harry's is the best men's shaving products out there. No gimmicks, it's just classy and good. I've been using them for over three years now. It's all I use. Harry's. And they've got this starter kit for you. It's got the five blade German engineered razor, the weighted ergonomic handle, the foaming shave gel, the travel cover. This starter kit is a $13 value and you can have it for only $3 if you go to harrys.com slash Again, I swear by these products. I 
can't stand not having a good shave and you should too. So go to harrys.com slash Stevo, jump on this deal and enjoy. Let's get back to it. Total, total curvature. And I remember uh, posting the like footage of it or footage i took this photo from and uh saying like you know about the flat earth people so like i think i can kind of set, set this to rest and they were like fish island <laughs> <laughs> the well. flat earth thing i mean we, we just got back from australia and we're going back to australia again um like i, I want to know what the flat earth people when we're leaving from la and we're going the opposite direction because going the other way around the globe is, right? Wouldn't that? Or time zones. <laughs> right. There's a lot. There's right. a lot there. Like you just right. But let's not waste some, our time yeah. with, with, with with that. Um, so I, I was watching this Wall Street Journal interview that uh, I think it was probably fairly recent. And uh, it was fascinating. And this 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 guy just who was interviewing you, he's like, "So when you're making like half a million dollars per night per show, like how can these casinos justify?" And I just thought, "Wow, that guy kind of like." So went straight into the money question, and, and you were so cool and candid about it. You know, like well, you're, so, you know. It's, it's- Wall Street Journal. <laughs> this is like what they think about is like money. Everything right, is finance right, right. or economy or like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't mind that at all. You know? It's just, it's just it's crazy. It's actually really, it's a really good question that he did ask. Right. Because like you think about this money that gets paid, these like really high fees that get paid to artists or comedians or whatever. Right. Right. And like, like it's all, but it all has to make sense. It all has to even out. Of course, you take the risks as uh, as a promoter or as as a casino or as a, you know, booking a DJ or anyone. Right. And you think they're gonna bring in this amount of number, and it doesn't, and then you lose money, and but you don't book them again. Right. That, that's just what happens. Like, and then you get better at who you end up booking. I would have guessed. If uh, if somebody posed that question to me about DJs and and like just how insane the amount of money they're paid is, my mind would go to the insane amount of money that Netflix pays to a Dave Chappelle or Chris or, Rock or a Chris Rock or a, you know or which a is Seinfeld. how much did, I mean they, dude they show, they well, three, Dave Chappelle did three for a hundred million I, yeah, thought, I, I thought it was said, three for sixty so that, that's twenty million per special yeah but and didn't they just give twenty million to Chris Rock for that I heard one? they gave him forty and then riding in cars with comedians did a lot right and now in in that scenario I gotta believe that you can't justify that payout on like money that it's bringing in, that it's really more in a bigger picture sense. They're trying to invest in their brand and like have that cachet and that prestige of having done that. And that it's way long-term down the line that they expect that to actually pay back. It's like the music side of things. Like for example, like Rolling Stones, when they do shows, the promoter, you know how much they get when they do a show? If, if they like pick a promoter, because they have to pick someone to like organize their show. Like an AEG or a Live yeah. Nation. Yeah, but they usually pick like someone else. 
they they only give that person one percent. Okay. And and that person's going to take it, and they're they're basically making like nothing, but they're doing the Rolling Stones show. Right. And having that Rolling Stones show, they could do a bunch of other things, and they have the access and the and the relationships right. built on that. You know, I mean, you have to be a very, you can't just be a random going, I'll do it, it's 1%. You know, you have to be like the top, 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 top to even book a Rolling Stones show. Right. But, you know, Dave Matthews Band, like a lot of these these groups, they know their worth. And so they can command that that dollar amount. And like, it's, there's no one bigger. There's no one bigger than Chris Rock right now after what happened. Right. You know, right. so it's like he could command it and they it's like this it's like a huge mark like you know in this case it's a marketing push going okay well this is going to get everyone in right well, and I maybe it does i heard jay-z gets 120 percent of the door so that's he makes the money <laughs> no what i mean by that is he gets the parking lot money he gets the concession stands and then they get whatever left over because he's bringing I mean, what, what's the rose bowl i mean that's massive right and all the parking that See, comes i could be that. even wrong with the rolling stones because this is like what I've heard just from like the game of telephone. It could be like zero. Yeah. You know, it could be a zero. You know, like you just have to do the An show accolade. for free. I think that the yeah. que- the question becomes like what's going on with the food and beverage, you know, like the the, the beer money, the hot dogs, you know, the, the, the merch, like all that going on. But I think that, that, you know, again, my what I would guess is that when you've got like one of these big Las Vegas casinos paying you an insane amount of money, it's because the Las Vegas casino like ecosystem is like a game of who's the cool kid, you know? Like like what 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 table does do the cool kids sit at? And by having Steve Aoki at that casino, that gives that casino that shine, that prestige, and that makes that casino the one that people think is the cool one that they want to go and and put their money into when they come to Vegas. And well here's the thing too with Vegas, the casinos generally don't operate the clubs. In one case, Resorts World, they operate Zook. Okay. So, they, so like, they're involved. They're hand-in-hand. Hand. But, like, for, for me, for, for example, I'm with Tau Group, and Tau Group has Hakkasan, which is inside uh, MGM. Okay. Um, Omnia, which is inside Caesars Palace. There are two competing casinos, so. Right. And then they have Tau, and they have Marquee, which is inside Cosmopolitan. So they have, they manage a bunch of different clubs, and they have partnerships with those casinos, but they are essentially, they're the one footing the bill. And they're, it's 100% not a marketing thing. They okay. have to make money off these DJs. Well, there you go. You have to. And if, they're, if the DJs aren't bringing in what they expected them to bring in, when that contract's up, this, then, they're not going to be play, most likely not playing with them. You know? like, and so that's what happens. Like I've seen it, you know, because I've had a residency in Vegas since 2010. And I started with the Wing Group. Um, and I was there for three years, four years, 2014, I moved over to Hakkasan group and I, I was teaching it for Hakkasan and Hakkasan and opened up Omnia <coughs> at Caesar. So now I've been with them for 10 years and, and, uh, you know, I just seen the DJs that like had the, had the shine, they had their moment with their song or whatever record that, that blew them up and then they couldn't follow 
up with it for whatever reason. And Vegas is the most important thing to know about Vegas is it's not a trend-setting city. You don't break records here. Right. You don't break moments here. They have to already be broken. That's why you have the Celine Dion's and the Adele's and the Bruno, Spe- the Bruno Mars and Britney Spears. And like, you have to have already made it because you don't like, it's the lowest, it's kind of like, I don't want to say lowest hanging fruit, but it's like people are here just to have a good time. They yeah. don't necessarily, when they, I already know when they come to a Steve Aoki show, I already assume they know maybe one song and they don't even know the name of it. Right. You know, they're just coming. They're like, yo, Aoki's crazy. He's yeah. like, he's like throwing cakes. I don't throw cakes in Vegas, but you know, he's, he's just like, you know, like I have, I keep my entertainment level really high level everywhere I go, not just for Vegas, but just because I enjoy it. But sure. Yeah, but it, it, it resonates over time, you know? And so I, at the end of the day, you know, you have to think like the, the club, the room of Las Vegas is a room that just wants to have a good time and you have to you have to truly be a DJ more of a DJ and less of an artist whereas at a festival you're more of an artist less of a DJ and what I mean by that is like when you're an artist you play all your unreleased music your all your records all all the songs that define you okay. musically the you know the songs that aren't necessarily like the big records that the, that the culture knows you know right and like the songs that are pushing the needle for the for like that genre, and then as a DJ, you have to read the room and 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 go please I'm, the crowd. Yes, and it's not yeah. necessarily like I do play my music, of course I have to, but <clears throat> but I'm I'm like thinking about how to get everyone's attention at all times. Right. And if I lose that like their attention, I have to figure out how to get it back mm. with a surprise, with something that's familiar. You know, right. with some kind of moment that I can do outside of the music, you know, and that's why I think about like the cakes and, and like I used to do a raft and I used to raft over the crowd yeah. and I used to do some Steve-O jumps from like really high into the <laughs> raft, you know, like things like that. So right. why don't you throw cakes in Vegas? Um, Cause it's messy and they don't want to deal with the liability yeah. and, and uh, they just, they just don't want to deal with all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And my show is like I haven't done cakes here in probably five years, maybe longer. Yeah, um, and it's still like a pretty, you know, it's a, it's a solid show. So yeah. like I, I don't need I don't need the cakes here. Although I have like the like cake me signs up, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's why I get excited to tour everywhere else, you know. For sure. <laughs> Thank you for asking that because I was dying to know why you don't throw cakes in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. And thank you for clarifying like uh the reality here it's it's fascinating that yeah. there's just that much money coming in and that it's not a the the difference between marketing and business is uh that that's a, a yeah. really good distinction and i'm glad that you made it man it, what's the capacity when you're uh, doing a hakasan gig in vegas hakasan is small hakasan i feel like I could be wrong. It's two to three thousand or something like that, but it does feel like more intimate. Omnia is um, it's it's that club that's got the chandelier that comes down. It looks like a like you're in like a spacecraft kind of thing. It's a like incredible like alien probe that comes down. Um, that I think they spent like 150 million dollars building that club too. It's like like the most opulent, most insane looking club on on the planet. That club's quite big. It. I think it's like four or five thousand or something like that, um, 
And then there's like Wet Republic, which I play quite a lot. It's like pool parties here. Um, and those pool parties can, can be really big too. I think in the thousands, obviously. Wow. Um, so, I mean, just doing the math, like uh, people, they, they got to be charging people quite a bit to even get in there, huh? I think girls just, just generally get in for free. Nice. You know, <laughs> I, I, I think that's just how it works here. And um, the tables are are the money generators, you know, okay. G, uh, GA general admission. Um, they fill it up and, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much they charge. I don't think it's like an exorbitant amount of money. Um, and I mean, if you buy a table and you're spending lots of, you know, whatever, you know, that's that's how they're able to make like sometimes a million dollar day. Yeah, wow. Night. So that, that, it's like, that, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. Um, to take the comparison between uh, DJs and comedy, um, I'm a guy who was known for jackass. Then all of a sudden I start doing stand up. And there are other people who have come from other areas and then moved over into stand up. And in, it's always kind of like some resistance, like, ah, what's this guy doing, yeah. you know? And clearly people have done that with DJing as well. But again, my, uh, you know, uneducated observation is that when you're doing stand-up comedy, it is a lonely place to be <laughs> if you're on stage just you and a microphone and a, a whole bunch of people if you don't have the goods for those people then your like time doing stand-up comedy is not gonna last yeah. you know yeah. you, you kind of like so i think that there's less of a, of a reason to give people a hard time for getting into stand-up because it's whether you got it or you don't that's mm. gonna be the the question but I imagine being a DJ that like that that resistance to celebrity DJs might be a little bit more justified because people could be up there just hit and play yeah. doing nothing. Well, you know, actually the the actual DJing is not difficult. The actual mixing is not difficult. That doesn't take that much time. I think you could say the same thing about skateboarding. It's not Ooh, difficult. No, it's, not, it's not difficult to ollie. Yeah, it's 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 okay, not, it's not it, easy no, to learn how to ollie. Well, I mean, if you were to tell a kid, do this over and over and over and over and over again for a month, and you'll yeah. ollie. Yeah. Okay. This is what I'm saying. Right. Like, it's not difficult to play guitar. Okay. Yeah. Like, you could learn a whole song in a month. If you do it and you watch YouTube tutorial and you yeah. just play the whole thing over and over and over again. It's not difficult to play drums and get the matching down with your with your kick on your foot and the, and the timing with your hi hat. You just have to do it again and again. I think with mixing and listening to music and all that stuff, it's like in the the buttons. It might it might look kind of daunting a lot. A lot. <laughs> you know when you stare at this thing at a mixing board, even like producing music, all these things. And I know people like are saying, "Well, DJing is supposed to be easy." Yes, it is. That's not the hard part. The hard part is standing in front of a crowd and playing music. Here's another thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewind. So a lot of people think that DJing, um, that most DJs don't DJ. They just push one button and it just plays and they just up there like this. I, I, I don't believe that. Okay, I know. Well, like to, to answer that question of those people, it's too easy to just learn 
like, you know, like pressing one button and then like faking it, it's like, I think it's more difficult because you have to like pretend and you have to like do all this other stuff that you don't even know what you're doing. That's, that's harder. Is and it it's, and it's more boring. Like I want to be doing something that's actually tweaking the sound, doing something. And, and then yes, once I press play on one of the CDJs, it's playing, right? So when it's playing and I'm not mixing, then I can go grab my cake and I can cake someone. Okay. You know, and then like the song ends, I'm like, hey, that's okay. I just cake someone. I'm walking back to stage. Everyone's cool. Then I get back on and I like play the next song. But essentially, the act of DJing is not a difficult thing, and and uh, it's more about curating curating your 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 set, making sure it's like a story that you're trying to tell. You know, musical story that you're trying to tell. The mixing part you could actually get better and better and better at mixing and making it seamless. And so when you want to get the technical detail of the mix and you're listening to a mix and you can hear like when certain things, like when, when the treble, like when certain sounds come in and certain, you know, sounds are, are coming out in a certain way. If you're listening to, to that detail, then you're like, wow. And that's when you go, go into these more like all night raves and techno parties where, you know, you're in there for six hours. Like it's all about that mix and feeling that emotional drive. Do you it, it is a psychology. It is a psychology for sure. Do you ever DJ for six hours? I've done. I've done like a fourteen-hour set. Wow. Holy is that shit. one of your Guinness World plaques? No, no. That's <laughs> like. Oh my God. That's nothing. Oh, okay. For DJs, for especially for like techno DJs and house DJs, like on the regular, like if you're in that space you're like, you have to be doing five to eight hour, 10 hour sets. So, but like, like it's, you know, just like everything, just like in comedy, just like in music genres, there's so many genres within EDM. Yeah. And the genre that Steve Aoki is known for is, is like pure EDM. It's, it's like, it's very, it's entertaining. It's an entertainment dance music, almost like want to call it like uh -huh. that. And I'm pulling, putting like a full on, like I'm like a Ferrari. We're going like fucking in the red the entire time. Like I'm gonna push it all the way. I love that, man. And frankly, I like to live my life in the red too. Just going for it, full force, never stop. But that can come with a price. And that is why I'm so glad this episode is brought to you by betterhelp.com. Because I strongly believe in the value of therapy. And if you've been thinking about trying therapy, let me tell you about betterhelp.com. That's better, H-E-L-P.com. It's just a very simple way to get matched up with a licensed therapist. It's all online, so it's super convenient and easy to work with your schedule. If you're not happy with the therapist or for any reason you want to switch, you can absolutely switch at no extra cost. And it just helps, man. It helps my relationship. It helps my peace of mind and I think it can help you so if you go to betterhelp.com slash stevo you can get 10% off your first month and it is well worth looking into again if you've been thinking about trying therapy I urge you to follow that instinct and follow it right to betterhelp.com slash stevo now let's get back to it so my set is generally 90 minutes to two hours. Right. Um, 
And pushing it just means the beats just boom, I mean, boom. there there is a web and flow, but when I push it, it's like, it's maximal. It's like at the, it's like I want to completely, like my whole point is, if I can get people like just rip their shirts off and fucking scream because they're just, they just want to feel it. that moment. If I could see that happening, I did my job, you know, like it's, it's supposed to, like I'm trying to get like you out of your skin. And that you know. matters on the BPMs, the beats per no, minute. Not really, because I, I do a, I do it across the board. Um, you could you could make someone feel that way at one twenty. One twenty eight is like my my core BPM tempo, but I go as high as one seventy, one fifty, one sixty. Like you know, and that's also just like bouncy music. I don't know if you want to call it that, but you know. But um, when you're up there, are you like looking at somebody like oh, I'm gonna get this guy to fucking take his shirt off? Yeah, like. <laughs> it, it already happens. <laughs> it already happens. You know, I mean, I, my shirt's off halfway through the set. My shirt's off. Well, well I mean, yeah, for, for good reason. I mean, I got we we get in the the sauna too, and I'm like, man, <laughs> like uh, I'm, I'm flabby. <laughs> you're not you're not flabby at all, dude. It's uh, it's it's impressive. You said that um, the artist versus the DJ, it sounded to me like you were saying the artist is the one uh, creating music, original music. Right. That the, the, the they make themselves, whereas yeah. a DJ is more curating just the, like the music that's in the ether already. Right, exactly, yeah. So, I, and when we were in your house, I saw like four billion streams on Spotify. Was that? That's a pretty badass plaque. Yeah. <laughs> That, that, that's epic and that presumably is for music that you created original music from scratch yes yes yeah mainly originals and then you know sample sampling like classics and uh remixing them but generally it's originals when you sample classic music into your original music um like that means that you're you're splitting the the publishing like the the, the music revenue with that yeah the, the owner of that or that sample. Well, I'll give you an example. So I just my last record I just dropped it last weekend. It's called Wild. Okay. Based on Born to Be Wild. Born to yeah, Be yeah, yeah. Wild. Steppenwolf. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I took that sample, Born to Be Wild. I did it with uh, these incredible DJs called Vinny Vici, and put on put on the side trance drop. And it's a banger at the at the shows. Everyone's just jumping, going crazy to it. Now, when you go to the back end of that record, 100% of the publishing went to Steppenwolf. Wow. I mean, it doesn't always go like that. But some people are like, if you're going to use our sample, we're going to give you nothing. And you're going to like it. Like the Rolling Stones. <laughs> yeah, so we're lucky to even give it to you kind of thing. Wow. So, um, so I, I mean, I've done that before where 100% of the pub goes to them. And even though I did that with, with Popcorn as well, Popcorn's like this really classic sample by Gershon Mosley um, that eventually got remade by Hot Buttered. It's a 1967 sample, like, I don't know if you know this one, but like, that's like, that's like a, the first electronic melody as far as like 1967. Um, and, wow. uh, and that, that's, I was lucky to even clear that song. We had to send popcorn, the name is, uh, you know, to the estate every single week. I was sending popcorn. My label was sending popcorn to the, to the estate cause he doesn't receive, uh, emails, 
he, he can only like knock on his door or call him. Wow. And um, he finally Bill cleared it, but he's like, it's a hundred percent. Like you get zero pub. That That's sounds to songs. me. That sounds to me like um, the the artist who does the Super Bowl halftime gets paid nothing, but it's just so much exposure yeah. that it's always worth it. Mm -hmm. And when you're sampling "Born to Be Wild" on the song, I mean, it's kind of guaranteed to be such a banger. Yeah. That like it benefits you like doing the Super Bowl halftime show. You want to have a hit, even though the actual amount of time on the the total track right. is maybe in total with both times he's he, like he sings it is maybe like six seconds and, and or eight seconds and it doesn't know. loop no so it's it just all, it only it just happens says, twice it says uh, one time before the first drop and the second time we glitch out his voice so you could barely even tell he's saying it Man. so you can really only hear it the one time but it's such a strong sample and we don't want to not use it like we could have easily just put on like another sample that's free right but like the sample's too good so do you ask permission or do you try to get clearance before you make the song or do you go ahead and make the song first and then Present show it to them yeah. yeah you can do that and and when like here's another example with uh i think like a rolling stones is that they it's like you you can do that but then like they'll come after you right and they're going to take all the pub so if you do it beforehand, you like, you can actually try to negotiate. And so in some cases where I've I've like taken a really strong sample, I've taken at least like maybe like 10, 15, 20% of the pub because I did a sizable production. I it. think what he's asking though is not putting it out, but just making yeah, the song. Yeah, just making, making the, the song. Songs, that's hey, I have this song to put out. What look do you how think? rad it is. Yeah, look how rad <laughs> it is. Do I have your okay, permission? So I'll give you another example. So I made a, a record with Dimitri Vegas, who's a really good friend of mine from uh, Europe, and we we sampled the White Lotus theme. Oh the, wow! Okay. And we didn't ask any permission at all to Netflix or you know white lotus at all we just put it out and um and then they took it down <laughs> it was up for it was up for a month it literally got it was number one up, up where uh, it was up on spotify okay. apple everything and it, and it was it got number one in this website called 1001 tra uh, track lists which shows all the djs playing this record so everyone was playing our white lotus theme sample house record because it is a, it's a great track it works so good the sample's so interesting and weird whether you watch the show or not right. and for for like a month it was number one most played by all djs around the world being recorded by this website and it doesn't matter so they just took it down They're like no you're out they took it down <laughs> and demanded the publishing money no they just, they just took it down so they just yeah. took it down i mean in the world of uh, artificial intelligence, they, they, they had to have known about it right away. But Tiesto's version is still up there because he got cleared. So okay. I was like, because I remember we had this conversation, me and the other producer on the on the record, and we're like, we should clear this thing, right? Because it's so good, you know? And, and he's like, well, <coughs> if we clear it, it's going to take months. And then, yeah. the, and then the, the show's over. So right. the hype's gone. So we're like, let's just, let's just fucking run with it. So we <laughs> and there was no, there was no penalty for running. Yeah, over. we just we just did it and it was cool for the moment and you know and and like the talk on White Lotus is over and sample's cool but like I'm not really playing it anymore so it was it was like good for its moment. 
Alright. Um, with, uh, with collabing with other artists, is there ever, like, like a Rolling Stones kind of a situation where they, like, I'll, I'll collab with you on a track, but I get all the pub. <laughs> is that like... Um, no, no, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen that, because, like, if we're both working on the record, like, that's, you can't really... Right. But you, but, actually, I haven't really experienced this that deep, but when there's a lot of writers, then it can be like, well, I did this much, you know, because, right. like, on some records, there might be, like, eight writers. Right. Because it's not just whoever's producing the music, but you have the melody writers, the, 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 the actual lyrical writers, um, the singer that might have wrote in like maybe a lyric, because all you have to write is one. You can Hook. write. You can write like no. You can write the. Yeah. Okay. Like let's change this to and to the. <laughs> like you can literally write just something a little bit different, and you get a piece of the pub, right? So, right. Um, and and like all of that comes into play, and then it's just sometimes a mess, and then also egos and like right. who's a bigger name and things like that. And I don't deal with any of that stuff. So there's a I'm blessing. sure I'm sure like that that's been a uh, hurdle that my management had to jump over. On, yeah, on that, like that. that's great. That's great news that you don't have to deal with that. Um, on the Tribe Called Quest album that came out, it was like their first album in I don't know how many years, but they had Elton John. Not only did they um, sample one of Elton John's classic tunes. Um, it's, it's wall of sound, mm -hmm. and but they also had Elton John record in the studio, singing wow. on. So it was both double wow. double dip, wow. sample and feature. Yeah, um, I didn't know he was featured on a Tri Call Quest. That's dude, crazy. It, and it's the most incredible song. That album is so damn good. Wow, it's uh, it's 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 wild, and I would love to know what it took. To yeah. both sample and get you know, get the fe feature. Yeah, I can picture that being a one hundred percent pub situation. Yeah, I have so many records I've done with amazing artists that never came out. Like we wow. have finished songs that just from management, from record label saying no, this doesn't fit within the timeline, and then time goes by, and then the song just kind of gets stuck in this back burner i'm like what about this great song we made you know and it's it's just gone it's like gone in the dust and these are great moments with amazing artists that would you know the fans from both the artists i mean fans all over all over the place would absolutely love to hear and it's it like hurts my soul sometimes when i like think about that you know? didn't didn't michael jackson like continue putting out music like for years and years after he died because there were so many situations yeah. like yeah. that like prince has so much uh, i bet like, music in the archives too um so, so you're with a record label i have my own label there, there you go so, <laughs> that a boy i was with the label for 10 years and when I didn't have the money to, to foot the bill on, on you know, because when you do an album, I've done seven studio albums, and each album, you know, I have, they're all features with different singers or bands or artists right. or other producers. It's it costly, you know, six figures to, to seven figures sometimes, you know, on, on cost, on paying out and making sure that everyone's paid out, 
you know, before even and cleared. If you're going to spend that much doing it, though, are, are you then buying out the artist's contribution? No, no. They're like they're they're still like on the master side. I don't know exactly what the deals look like, but on the pub, we're we're sharing. The, you know, sometimes the artists don't sing the song. I mean, don't they sing the song, but they don't write the song. Right. So I'm working with the songwriters. Um, but you've been in my house. You see how big my house is. I've had songwriting camps at my house, and we churn out, like, lots of songs in all those rooms. Yeah. it's It sounds a bit to me like, like movies where, like, when I, when I do a jackass movie, I've got my, my upfront money, and then I've got, like, the back-end percentage. Yeah. So but, like you gotta the, the budget's going to pay the artist up front yes. and then they get the back end too. So the first the first ten years of my career, I just didn't I couldn't afford spending that kind of money. And then like at a label going, Okay, we're gonna give you this advance and right. we're gonna pay for all this. And right. then you're gonna get your small percentage at the end. I was like, Fine, this is great. Right. And then but they own my music in perpetuity forever. I, but at the time, I was like, you know what? They're paying for it all. I guess it's fine. But it's, now, it, I'm like, yeah. you know, it's like, I don't care how much it costs, how much my albums cost. Like, my last album was 24 tracks, 21 songs, 25, I think 25 tracks, 21 tracks with different artists and like four or five interludes. And um, I pay for the whole thing myself. I, I don't care about the costs anymore. You know, it's just like anything you invest right. in your own. Now I have the money to do that. And I don't care if it, if it does badly, it's okay. Cause it's, it's, it's like, I own it. Can we agree that this is pretty much the best episode ever and get ready because we're going to talk about anti-aging and everything that we can do to stay young as we get old and spoiler alert, it's all about sleep, baby. I happen to be reaching an age where sleep is the most important thing to me and that is why my mattress is so crucial and if you're even thinking about trading in your disgusting old mattress for a really good new one that's going to get you better sleep then i have the answer for you and it is called helixsleep.com now you go to helixsleep.com slash stevo you take the simplest two minute quiz so that you can be paired up with the mattress that is scientifically best for you and these people are so generous to my listeners it's up to $350 off any mattress purchase. Plus, when you make that purchase, you get two free pillows thrown in. And man, their pillows are unbelievably epic. I love their mattresses. And I got a feeling that you need a new one. So go to helixsleep.com slash Devo. Jump on this epic deal up to 350 bucks off a mattress. It's insane. Helixsleep.com slash Devo. Now let's get back to it. Right. So yeah. my label, Dimmock, owns, you know, I own it. Actually, I own it, and I even licensed it my own label. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I even made, like, even yeah. one more step to know that, like, I own it personally, and I'm licensing it to my label, Dimmock, as a license. Yeah. And, um, and you know, I just, it's hard for me to think to ever sure. work with a major or another label unless the money was ridiculous. And I, I just don't care that right. much anymore. So I'm so happy I have this freedom moving forward. Right. 
I've always understood that there's like a little bit of a like a catch 22 in music that if you want to become big you have to have a record deal with a major label but if you want to really make money you have to own your music and that's uh those are mutually exclusive concepts so you're kind of screwed in the beginning no matter what yeah it's true because the, the percentage is so small and it's hard for the, these labels to even recoup right you know like like the idea to recoup is like almost like i don't know what the percentage is but i am assuming it's going to be a tiny percentage that they're going to, they're going to recoup and they're going to give you a royalty so whatever right. advance you get from that major is pretty much the only money you're going to get i'd say like 99 percent of the time i'm just taking a wild guess here that that reminds me of book publishing like uh i can't imagine ever getting any back end uh on a book deal because it's so hard for the publisher to recoup. Yeah. And, and I, I've done two books. Right, right. Um, the, uh, with, with the publishing and, and the, you know, owning your own record, like creating your own music, like how, if you were going to put the, the money you've made from music that you've created compared to like the personal appearance, you know, My revenue of, from the shows. Like how how would that like uh how, what's how that do they compare? Chart? Yeah, what's the pie chart? <laughs> I'd say <clears throat> live shows. I'm gonna be very very kind of broad. Sure. It, it I I I'm assuming it's like probably over eighty percent. There you go. Of my income, maybe more. And um and then I do a lot of endorsement deals which is also quite high too. Sure. So the, like the music, making my royalties for my music is actually a very small percentage. That 4 billion streams on Spotify didn't pay shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, think about this. So I think for every million streams, it's 400 bucks. Wow, so that's take, even worse than YouTube. Yeah, so you go to 1 billion, it's 400, 4 million, right? Uh, One billion is four million. CPM, CPM is a uh, cost per millennia, which is one thousand. That's four. I think it's four million. You get four million dollars for one billion streams. Four million dollars is not going straight to you. It's right. split up with whoever right. owns the master. Yeah. And then once it gets to the, to my side, I have to pay my managers. Sure. I have to pay my business managers. I have to pay lawyers. Yep. I have to pay all these people and I have a team. Yeah. You know, you subsidize all those different costs that I pay. You make, you know, 20%, 30% of, of, uh, of the hundred, you know, so the I'll reality. See, and then the taxes on top of that. Yeah, for sure. So it's like, it's, it sounds like a lot of money, but then when you just dice it up, you realize right. you're only getting the, the, the tail of the fish. I, I only just started really paying attention to accounting. And um, I, I shouldn't say this, but I, I'll go ahead and, and I will. But there was a period of, uh, of time that we were looking at where uh, the accountants told me that I generated $1.1 million in revenue, but I netted $97,000. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised at all. It's it's gnarly. It's is that, really is that after tax? No. I don't, I don't so, even so think that's after tax. So after tax, you got, you, you got maybe 50 grand. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's I don't, after taxes. Oh, is it after yeah. taxes? Okay. okay, Scott. That would be crazy. 1.1 yeah. 1 million and 50 grand. I know, yeah. but now, to, to, to be fair, we, we found uh, um, a, a, an inventory discrepancy which did add like like another 100. So it, it was more like 1.1 1. 1 million to 200. Right. But then again, that's still. And that was a, in a year. It took place in a year, yes. Everyone thinks about 1.1. 1. 1, that happened like, during a year. Yeah. <laughs> and then you start spending. You're like, I got 1.1. Right. 1. 1. I could, I could buy this. I could buy that. I could buy right. this. And then, and then the reality is, you have, you have 100 grand. Right. Like, it's like, scary. You it, 100 it, grand. So maybe you spend like 20 grand. 20 grand tops. Right. Like that's your that's your safety spend, not not like 400 grand. Yeah. Or it, 300 grand, whatever it is, you know, like. It's 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 insane. It's absolutely insane. Like uh, how it all just vanishes. You this know? is why I still fly Spirit. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> I flew Spirit on the. <laughs> I flew Spirit. Like I don't mind it. That's fantastic. I, I mean, I fly Spirit. I fly Southwest. I fly. Uh, you know all these other airlines. Every every airline that can get me, well, you know, direct. I don't yeah. fly Spirit. Just fly Spirit. Right, 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 right. <laughs> the last time I flew Spirit, I literally was stuck on the tarmac because, like, there was like yelling and crying and screaming going on, uh, like, you know, and they wouldn't leave the plane. But um, that's but, really cool, man. Can you imagine you're on Spirit Airlines and you're sitting next to Steve Aoki? Well, if you're sitting next to me, you like, I'm like, it's impossible to talk to me because I have. Noise cancellation headphones on. I got this huge like eye mask, and then I have a big pillow that I'm already laying against, and then I'm just got a sweater that's like kind of like hooded over the everything else. So, like, good luck getting any of my attention. I'm just out. I'm right. out cold. That that yeah, that's crazy. And we might want to rethink our uh, our air travel. <laughs> Was it? Uh, we 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 spent a, a boatload of money on air travel last year. I and still, I like, went you know, everywhere on the tour bus. It makes no sense. It's crazy. It's like, uh, you know, I think about, I still do private jets. And actually, when I'm in Europe, I we just charter a jet for the whole summer. And Oh, wow. Yeah, we just charter for the whole Jesus. summer and get a bulk, bulk rate on that. I think it's like in total like three, four hundred grand for the wow. whole summer. That's insane. Yeah, so that's that's great for us because Europe is like almost like flying across the United States and doing shows, right? But even better because... Every country is maybe one or two hours apart, right? So the 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 actual cost of me flying from one country to another is the actual cost maybe like five grand if you bulk rate it, or four grand if you bulk rate it, right? right? So then I'm able to fly my whole team. I have a bed in the back of the plane. I sleep right away, you know, and that way I get in. I also leave later so I can sleep because one of the main things going on in my life right now is is just getting better sleep. Wow, this coming up all over the thing. place. Talk to thing. this guy about that. Do you have a a, a way of measuring your uh, sleep stages? You have a whoop strip. I got three tracking devices. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, no, you, you got, got the aura ring. You, you got three too. I've got two. This isn't a, an aura ring. Oh, but. I was like, that looks like an aura ring. Okay, it, so yeah, you got two. I got three. I check them every morning. How much do we do we do we love Whoop or are you? Uh... I, I'm a big a big Whooper. <laughs> I, I love Whoop. Um, Whoop is interesting. Whoop and the and the Apple Watch because they're on the wrist. It was wrist. They they give me both very similar data. Aura gives me different data. 
Okay. It gives me like worse data. But we like, need worse data. Uh, I mean, I mean, probably it probably better data, but like worse. Inf like the information's not good. You know, like my RAM is f always fucking oh, pissed. So poor. you're saying that you're uh, you're getting conflicting accounts of but the it's same very metrics. conservative metrics on the, on the whoop. I don't know if it's because it's on the finger. I surely don't like it because my RAM is fucking horrible. Even with the ice baths and the saunas, I, I do everything. I take magnesium. I take trazodone now, fifty milligrams of that before I sleep. I, I do like you know like some you know little little bit of um, what's that called before you sleep? Ecstasy. Uh, melatonin. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do like a whole sleep regimen. I'm ready. Um, yeah, like I do a red light I have a red light therapy bed. I just lay on the red light therapy bed and put on sleep. I have a I have a fucking grounding mat. I, I I'm on for thirty minutes. I have a hyperbaric chamber in my room. I fucking go all in on biohacking, you know. Like, that, that that's why uh, That's why you fly spirit. That's why <laughs> that, 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 that's why you look so great. Um, and the, next, the only thing you're missing is the the bringing in the 18 year old dudes to get their blood trans transfusion. Yeah, fecal no, transfusion. I, I, yeah, I heard about that. The 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 blood plasma, the the younger blood plasma that you can transfuse in your in your that's bloodstream. That's just straight creepy to me, but uh, but I, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I, well, I mean, stem cells is is like. Somewhat similar. Yeah. Have you done that? I've done that. I've Did done you that. go to Colombia for that? I went down to Panama. Okay. I so, went to Medellin. How was that? Colombia. This place called Bio Accelerator. Joe Rogan talks about it all the time. Really? Like uh, they've, they've, it's, it's unbelievable. And you gotta go somewhere outside of America because the uh, procedures that they do, the techniques are not legal in America. And it's not that they're illegal in America because there's anything controversial about where the stems come from. They're not even coming from like aborted babies. They're coming from the umbilical cords of perfectly healthy babies that, you know. And they that, replicate. Yeah, they can replicate. There's nothing controversial about the origin of the stem cells. What's controversial is uh, allegedly um, the uh, the medical complex, the medical industrial complex doesn't want uh, solutions to uh, health problems that don't involve like getting paid for the drugs and the pharm pharmaceuticals and the operations and all that. They want people to be sick and so they can operate on them and sell them drugs. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's, the speculation I heard. Yeah, there's definitely like the, you know, the... Like in America, there's like the the church is so tied in with the state kind of thing too, which you know in stem cells, such a controversial right. point for for that. Yeah, but that's it's, and, and it, it doesn't make sense because it's it's like for, like you said, it's from an umbilical cord. Right. It's not from a baby. It's not. It's, it's not it's an not, aborted baby. Yeah. It's a, it's a perfectly healthy baby that was born and is happily living with its mother. And instead of throwing away the umbilical cord, they they uh, harvest it for stem cells. Right, and it replicates over time. I'm, I'm I don't sure even think it, I don't even know about it replicating. Yeah. I just think there's just a fuck ton of stem yeah. cells in there. Yeah, I went so with Danny Way. You know Danny Way. Oh yeah, I know Danny. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. Uh, like got his own Guinness World Record. I don't know if it was verified, but. The most stem cells pumped into a human being, like, in one go.
Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, dude, he's so gnarly. Like, the way he, his whole, like, he's just like the bionic man. Him and Matt Hoffman have been operated on so much. Yeah, I guess it's like, that's that, that's where it does help. A regeneration. Dude, he's got no uh, cartilage. No zero <clears throat> in cartilage in his knees. It's just Jesus. bone on bone. Oh, my God. And he's fucking skating. I think the last time I talked to him, he said that now his MRIs are showing cartilage in his knee again. And that's just 100% from the stem cells. Oh. When, I was, when I was in Panama, I saw um, a lot of kids that had muscle dystrophy, which means uh -huh. their muscles like just disintegrate or de deteriorate over time. Yeah. And... They're there for stem cells. So there was some sort of program that, that was allowing them to get stem cells so they can you know, regenerate their muscle tissue. Some, some like, you know, I don't know the science behind it, but, you know, um, that I was like, really, I was like, wow. So that's helping kids that have this, you know, sad disease. And it's helping people that want to heal faster in certain areas of the body. I had like shoulder issues. So I went in there, I got um, shots in my shoulder. An intervenous through the body just to yeah. you know do the whole. So you flush the hole and it and it, yeah. it, it 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 homes in on areas that need shit. Yeah, it's somehow. like it's like the, it's like Navy SEALs coming in. It's going, oh, we got we got a problem down here. Let's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they do it in, uh, intravenously through your whole system, and yeah. then they'll do it locally where they just hit in one spot that they know needs help. I did with my neck for degenerative disc disease. And how did that? How did it feel after? You know, it's tough for me to really say that how, how much it helped because I, I know that the issue's there, but it hasn't gotten so bad yet. Mm. So it was a little bit preemptive, you know, so I'm just a bad, like, example. I'm also, whenever I think about things like this, I don't try to look for, like, the immediate reaction because usually immediate reactions are not real. You know, they're... Right, placebo, of course not. You know, of course it's like, not. It's like how you feel, but it's, <clears throat> right. it's, it's, uh, it's always like with all the stuff that I do, it's like you have to you have to do it a lot and you have to do it over time and then do a test from like, you know, your baseline right. to three months or six months later. But by but you, it could only make sense if you're doing something consistently and then you could get a true reading. That Yes. Plus, even scientifically, they said that, you know, don't expect to see a difference on uh, an MRI or an X-ray like for six months because it's going to take that long for the stem cells to actually like do their thing. Right. And, you know, but the one thing you, you can test is, you know, your HRV. Yeah. Because I, I, that's one thing that I was, you know, talking to Dan Bilzerian about it. And he says his HRV score, it just doubled after he, he took his stem cells. Oh, wow. How about and he's, that? And he's, he's like, obsessed with diagnostics as well. That's yeah. all we do is, like, 30% like of our conversation is literally on diagnostic check on, okay, so what's going on with your health here? Where, where, where's are your you HRV guys in the but, WHOOP group? No, no, but like, we should. Are you in a WHOOP group? I'm, I, 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 I just even, I started one, too. With, dude, with I'm, dude I'm in. I'm in. Let's do it. Like, you know, um, how, how are you with your diet, like, like uh, sugar? Like, are um, you... You know, when I go out to eat, it just, everything's thrown out the window. Like, I just <laughs> ate at Delilah's. I had, like, some dessert, you know, at the end, and I was like, whatever. But for now, right now, I've been I've been pretty good. Um, I, in general, like, you know, I, I, have a, I have a, I do these bets. They keep me in line. That's my discipline. Okay. Without a bet, I can't keep, get keep, uh, kept in line. It's, it's so interesting how my brain works. I, I, I have no ability to moderate anything. So I'm either like like 
disastrously awful or I'm like Impeccable. super disciplined and like doing great. Right now I'm uh, really doing well avoiding sugar. Um, as soon as I had like screw up once, next yeah, thing you know, I'm a, in the gas station uh, with the Reese's, you know, yeah. like, but I, I, I say that because my HRV, um, depending on my, my diet, if I'm awful, my HRV is awful. If I'm avoiding flour and sugar and eating like a somewhat responsible human being, then my HRV is way higher. That's why it's so fun to gamify this stuff. Yeah. So that way you... Like, cause like our, our brains are like, they're intelligent, but they're also so primitive. Like you need to like, <laughs> yeah. you need to speak to the dumb fucking guy inside of your head and like gamify it. So, and trick it. Like I have to trick my stupid brain right. with these bets, dude. you know, not, like, and then I won't eat bread. I mean, just because yeah. I put a bet on it, like, you know, with my friend, it's an honor bet. So I could easily eat bread without right. even knowing, but what's the bet? It's $500. If, if I eat a piece of bread. <laughs> or pasta um but like breaded chicken or you know like this yeah. bread on things is okay but like a piece of bread because I, I love bread and butter Tough. yeah me too at a dinner table <sighs> what i mean there's a beautiful bread and butter at the dinner table yesterday i was like <laughs> i'm not touching that thing i made a bread but i'm gonna pay 500 bucks fuck that <laughs> so once i have that in my mind i just won't do it you know you kind of need this stupid thing in your head it's like why can't I do it without this, this bet? Right. You know what I mean? Dude, a, a perfect example of exactly what you're talking about is my meditation practice. Um, I keep track of it on an app, and uh, I, it, it, if I skip a day, I'm going to lose this streak. Like, today, uh, 1,188 straight days. What? Averaging more than 40 minutes of meditating every single day. Oh and, my God! Uh, I do it twice a day. Today I'm t 26 minutes in. So wow! The way I view it, I owe the universe 15 minutes because I, I gotta maintain. This is gamifying. This is, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so good. <laughs> Wait, what's this yeah. app? Uh, this app. It's just, it, there's nothing special about it. Like it doesn't like uh, it's not guided or anything. I do mantra based meditation. Yeah, okay. It's called Center. Okay. And dude, like. I'll be damned if I'm going to break that fucking spree. Yeah. <laughs> it's 100% gamified. And just like with my diet, if, heaven forbid, I skip one day of meditation, it's out the window. I'll right. never get it back. Yeah. I'll never get it back. And, and fuck, I, you know. You know what's interesting? So there's a, a, like this, you know, I love this like tech diagnostic stuff that I, I keep getting from different companies. There's one that I got that when it, when you meditate, you're supposed to wear this device and it it does more of a diagnostic check on your overall stress level your you know, okay because what i've what also what i've learned about longevity and anti-aging is that you know clearly like one of the one of the things caloric restriction is gonna is is gonna amount to you know saving lots of years on your life yeah. but the overall stress level that you have sure over a long yeah. period of time is the one of the the, the key tenets of living a longer life than expected yeah worrying so like it's like meditation is so crucial i remember when i did this i was wearing this 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 thing and you put it in your ears and you have it testing on the back of your neck and i was meditating it just immediately you just i love seeing the graphs you see like, I do. everything I, I, just I, I, drop you gotta hook like, me up yeah you gotta hook me up with that um and like 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 worrying is so fucking destructive yeah 
like uh, stress and and you know to, it's crazy. Um, with your renting a private jet for a whole, I gotta go back to this. Yeah, renting a private jet for a whole fucking summer. Does that mean that you don't even bother with tour buses? Not in Europe. Okay, so but when you're in the States? So I only do that in Europe. We work with a company. I've been working with them for 13 years now, or maybe 15 years. Like, every time I'm in Europe, I stay there for a few months, and I have a residency and a visa. So I rarely come back to America unless I have to play in Vegas or I have to play a certain festival. But generally, I'm just there. I want to stay in one time zone. But when I'm here... I'm, I'm traveling, everything to everything commercial, and and I Spirit Airlines and, and Spirits like I don't want to shout Spirit out so fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> not great, okay? They're not great. I think everybody knows that. Like, yeah, um, American. I'll just shout them out. American is awesome because they because like I'm um, concierge key and oh, they pick God you damn up. Match. How'd you get that? I'm so Dude, I don't know, but it's I'm I'm just happy to be part of the concierge key club because they they wait for you right when you get out. Boom, you're outside the the, the plane into a nice car, yep. driven to the next thing. It's like amazing. Dude, I'm so bummed on American Airlines. Are, like, uh, when did you become a million miler? Fuck, ten years ago. Oh god. I mean, I mean <laughs> okay. Well, listen, I've been, I've been doing two hundred to three hundred shows a year. <laughs> every year for the past 18 years. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is like, my mileage club on every airline is crazy. Right. Because I fly them all. <laughs> I fly United, Delta, Southwest. I fly every single airline. What, what do you do with the frequent flyer miles? Um, I, you know what? Like, I'm definitely not optimizing on that. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Scott did this once. He was he, he, he posted on his social media. He said, I've got so many frequent flyer miles and, and I, I just want to like do something good for somebody. So, so uh, somebody send me your story and I'm going to go through their stories and pick someone. I'm just going to give you. Uh, I, I'd like to do that right now. Ooh. Yeah, I'd like to because I have a fuck ton of these. <laughs> but, it has, uh, but it has to be two people because you don't want to send somebody by themselves. Right, of course, of course. Like if the story's good enough, yeah, then, um, then uh, it's you and a guest to go domestic. Uh, I mean, can we not? You're the only one who buys my flights. Can we not use miles to send anybody anywhere in the world? Yeah, you could do that. But sometimes around the world is like. Two hundred thousand, then it's now you just spent four hundred thousand points okay, round trip within America. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. okay, maybe we can deal with other countries later. Within America, now how are they gonna get their story to me? They're gonna probably follow Vinny at Skinny Vinny. Oh, oh. Vinny just got verified. Vinny so just got verified. Vinny, Vinny is going to be the liaison yeah so the, they have to follow the you yeah they got to follow skinny Vinny on instagram uh -huh. they have to like one of his cool videos on there <laughs> yeah and and they, they, they you know and, and they just got to get Vinny's attention and 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 it's easy on the sob story if it's something sincere that's great but like if it gets you if you'll know who the person you know is for sure I, I take that back sob story is fun like whatever it's compelling we want compelling. for sure I'm in. You're gonna Did, pick Chad Tepper. Do you uh, <laughs> now, now, Steve? Let me ask you this: Like, I gotta believe that we're flooding Vinny's 
uh, Instagram with requests, and there's going to be more than one compelling request. Totally. Are you interested at all in us making you aware of uh, so, so we can th throw away some of your frequent flyer miles on on one of these? <laughs> or should like or, or do you want to? Spirit Airlines. You know, fucking, I'll just buy him a ticket on Spirit, bro. You know, so on the first seats, because I, because I, I just started flying Spirit. You know, okay. like I never thought I would ever do this, and I'm like, first, my first flight in Spirit Airlines is 45. You know, so um, uh, the the front seats are only 40 extra bucks. All right. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was saying. That's what I was telling you. He was like, so "What funny. airline do you want to fly?" I was like, "Dude, put me in Spirit. I want that fat front that seat." Front, yeah, but it doesn't recline. It though. doesn't recline. <laughs> but for me, I'm a big dude, so it's nicer than sitting in the back. And I'm yeah, I mean, American. I flew from Miami to Vegas. That's five hours on Spirit. That's a long flight. You don't fly like American lay down seat on the way to Miami I from LA. I want to. I prefer Mint. You know, like the yeah. the Jet Blue, but they don't have that option because I had to get back. I remember I was in Friday night. This just happened. So Friday night I played Miami, my Denmark party. Saturday I had to fly out like at eight in the morning, the only flight out to get me to play my Wet Republic show at three p.m. And then right after Wet Republic, I took a private jet to Veracruz, Mexico, which is five hours wow. south. And you just showed Veracruz. Yeah, in Tahine. That's Mexico. not like that. That's like a, not even. Uh, uh, if, if, like a big. I don't want to say like uh, uh, it's an underdeveloped. Okay, so here's the thing. I want to tell you about Mexico. So I played all over Mexico. I played in the the center of of uh, I, I played like Leon to 150,000 people. I played like cities that you you probably not have heard ever heard of. I, I I've heard of most of it because like when we did Wild Boys, we went everywhere, and that's why. Did you why go to Aguas Calientes? I'm not. I'm not trying. I just remember Veracruz because uh, I I met a, a chick in Veracruz that I was pretty jazzed on, and I flew her to L.A. So Veracruz is like I remember. So yeah, well. yeah, of course. With a girl, of course you can remember that. Aguas Calientes is hot water, right? Hot water. Okay. The city is my biggest show I've ever played in my whole career. It was like 250,000 people. Wow. It's just like it, these it, cities you you don't know about. The whole place comes out. Yeah. You know, and it, I, I was, like, centered in, in the middle of the street, in the middle of, like, this whole city. So, like, my, my stage is built up. There's, like, TVs everywhere so that, like, the whole city would come out and watch the show if they couldn't get to, like, the center street, which crazy. was filled, like, four blocks down. So, yeah, like, what, stuff like that's so crazy. What a satisfying experience. It really man. is. The It's the greatest high to ever experience. I, and I don't, I never got into cocaine or I never got into, like, serious drugs that get those serious highs but i can't imagine a high that comes close the the endorphin release the like the scientific if i if i was to somehow do my neurofeedback or some sort of brain scan on the brain after right. a show i don't like the the adrenaline the endorphins the whatever else is happening in my brain i'm the happiest i've ever been it's it's yeah. i just hope it's like i don't want to lose playing shows it's the greatest feeling in the world that's why i do 200 300 shows a year and 45 yeah. i'm trying to keep my body my mind yeah. my spirit like super strong so i can do this like i don't have an intention to retire you know because it's just right this is my my soul is definitely feeling this 100 percent too so for really sure lucky. 
Um, quick question, Scott. What, uh, what was the story of the person that, that you gave that trip to? I've done it a couple times. Um, I don't remember. I feel like someone, their, their father was uh, the dying mo- of cancer. Yeah, and, um, and, and I flew out their daughter. Right. Or okay. the, the, the original winner, wanted. she's never seen the ocean before, and she wanted to fly to the Oregon coast, see her okay. sister, but she died before she did it, so I ended up flying out her daughter, I believe. Okay, so whatever we've we've, we've established it. I feel really oh, yeah, good about so that. I, I got to get in on this too. So yeah, okay. you did ask me about that. So yeah, count me in. I don't know how, but I'll, right. I'll join then, you. Like Vinny's gonna be the the go. He's only gonna send me the really good ones. Yeah. And of the really good ones, I'll send you like what I think are the really really good ones. You pick it. Or maybe they can go to one uh, of your I mean, whatever, sh- can they go to one of your shows or something. Yeah, or? yeah. Come to my show in Vegas. Let's yeah. fly, let's fly to Vegas. Yeah. That's kind of cool. And then they can, we can get them in. We can get them into the show. I, I don't know? necessarily think it's a matter of, like, come flying them to us. Like, what we want is, like, a trip that's going to be meaningful to someone. Like, why do you need to, to get on an airplane and go do something? What is the compelling reason why you have to, like, uh, make this trip? And we want to make that trip happen for you. And I want to make sure that it's not just like I'm sending somebody on a trip and they got to, like, we're going to, I'm going to pay for their hotels and, and uh, you know, their, their, their food and everything. It's going to be an all expenses paid trip for someone who really needs to go on a trip. And I love that we're doing this at the tail end of the podcast because I'm always so, like, profoundly grateful for the people who really stick with it. And, you know, because we tend to stream team. It's the street, yeah, the street team. team. It's the street team. So, dude, man, like this has been epic. Is there anything that we can uh, draw attention to or promote? You said you just had a song come out last week. Yeah, yeah, Wild with Vini Vici that just came out. Um, okay. I just started a uh, music grading company. So I, was, right. I was showing that to you guys. Oh, uh, we so, didn't yeah. talk about the yeah. trading cards and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, that, that's a whole long one. But um, so clearly, I'm into trading cards. I'm into like collectibles. In collectibles. General. I love collectibles. And, and the thing with collectibles is whenever you encase them and encapsulate them, like PSA does with cards, right? comic books get... They get, get graded. Get graded and encapsulated. Now video games are selling for millions of dollars that are, wow. that are encapsulated and graded. Like Mike Tyson's Punch-Out is probably pretty valuable. That's going to be in the six figures for sure, 100%. Wow. wow. The, um, the VHS tapes are getting graded and sold Damn. for six figures. I gave like them the first away. Star Wars. Ugh. You know, like, the, like you had a seal of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like, think about this. Like, there's a lot. And now, why isn't vinyl? I know it's supposed to be played. How about skateboards? Skateboards. I mean, anything. But yeah. that's why I started this company, Audio Media Grading, to encapsulate and grade all music collections. So not just vinyl, but vinyl, CDs, cassette tapes, um, A-track, um, and now we're going to do reels. We're going to do everything in music. And we're, you know, reaching out to all the, the big audiophile collectors as well to, to get their grails encapsulated and help sell them and create a secondary, you know, this is an alternative asset. This is, we're going to create a secondary income stream and, and build a community around grading and encapsulating music collections. Yeah. That's really cool. It's really I, exciting. I'm like, I have a, like an insane vinyl collection. It's my first thing that I got into when I. How many pieces of vinyl do you have? I, you know, it's interesting. It's not like I have this crazy amount. Like I had a call with Craig Kalman, the head of Atlantic. He has two million, two wow. million pieces of vinyl. So I have like a couple thousand, you know, um, mainly punk and hardcore because that's what I grew up on. 
and um, and I and I'm encapsulating like a thousand pieces of vinyl because I'm never gonna touch them, never gonna play them. If I want to play it, I'll just get the new version. You know, yeah, but like the the first editions, the limited to one hundreds, the test presses. You know, like Beatles records. If you look at the top sales from vinyl, are selling one sold for a million. Like Ringo Starr's White Album sold for over one point two million. Wow. And that needs to be encapsulated. That needs to be graded. That no one should be playing that particular vinyl. It should be protected and celebrated. Yeah. You know. You got any Gorilla Biscuits vinyl in oh, there? I have a Gorilla Biscuits tattoo on my back. <laughs> <laughs> That's I mean, epic, yeah, man. Dude. Nice, yeah. dude. So I got. I mean, I got all like Siv and Walter Shreffels and like I'm, I'm really close with those guys and. Dude. Yeah. Do you have David, dude, Sim should have done the tattoo on your back. I know, cool. I know. I got it when I was 18, you know? Right, right, right. Dude, that's epic, man. You ever thought about coming out with your own skateboard? I never dude, had my like own a, skateboard. Like a sick deck. Yeah, I never had one. Dude, I got a trick on... Uh, you did you? I, yeah, I mean... It was, yeah, I was surprised yeah. to see that you had the, the, the skate ramp. It's sick. Yeah, I mean, I used to skate... I, I need to get back on that. <laughs> it's like, a tough one, man. It's, like, it's dude. totally abandoned. I'm so so happy that you jumped on there and like. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's it, skateboarding is the ultimate in diminishing returns when you hit your floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just too afraid to fall. I've like, right. I've, like last time I, I I have like the knee pads. I look like a complete <laughs> poser. I got elbow pads. I'm like wrist guards, <laughs> helmet. I look so. Like like a kook, you know. But that, that's hilarious. I'm just like, if I'm gonna get up here and I'm gonna try to do a stall or do anything, and if I hurt myself, I'm gonna regret it. You know? Right. Right. Maybe maybe we can get you a concierge key on Spirit if they're listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They'll meet but, you at the gate. Oh the whole God. deal. All right. Well, dude, thank you so much, man. What, what yeah. an honor. And uh, damn, in the Whoop group, dude. Yeah. Okay. I'm, All in, right. the, I'm in the Whoop group. And, 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 and that that's kind of gamify for me because like like how bummed do you get if your green recovery circle if you don't have that blue uh what do you call it um strain circle yeah, to, right. to meet the green yes, yeah, yeah. if you come up short does that just bum you out i mean i'm coming up short a lot especially on the road because i sleep so fucking shit on the road yeah. Like I'm barely like you know the early morning flights and the late nights, it fucks my head up. So when I'm home, it's all recovery. It's ice baths, sauna, red light, hyperbaric. But when you get sleep. good recovery, then you need to get strain. Yeah, I know, I know. But I work out. I try to work out every day when I'm home too. What's okay. your guys' HRV right now? Do you know? Uh, uh, today. Let's see, I'll check. Uh, <laughs> mine was seventy six last I checked. Uh, HRV. My HRV today is 63. Eh. Mine's really bad. Mine's 42. 42. And that tells me. Mine always stays around there. Like, it's like, I I have a friend over 100. I'm like so fucking jealous. There there was a time when I was doing like 150 HRV. No. The people on the calls at Whoop, they were like, we've never seen anybody like this before. But like, what were you doing that got got you 150? That's crazy. Um, You were cycling and no sugar. So no, oh, no sugar my and, and God, sugar. The sugar's in my <laughs> Sugar's life. everything. Yeah. It's I the mean, fucking devil. Yesterday I was 91 HRV. Whoa. So. What'd you do yesterday? Oh my God, that's so good. That's right. so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, my HRV whoop, right now baby. is 39 right now. 
And I, if I, I need to get here, one of those. Yeah, it's yeah. 42. So 30 and 42. Much, no. Yeah, well, dude, I'm in the whip group. We'll, we'll, we'll have each other's data, dude. But, dude, so yeah. much fun, man. Thank you for Yeah, this, this was great. Oh, yeah. I didn't even mention that uh, how I just barged into your uh, Instagram DM, like, just out of nowhere, and then you got right back to me. That was well, epic. You're Steve-o. Steve-o. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta do that. Like, yeah. To, yeah, I love it, man. Thank you, and, uh, yeah, that's it. All right, man. That was awesome. <laughs> Let me say it again. I think that was at least one of the greatest podcasts we've ever recorded. And you know, I'm talking to you, my beautiful, wonderful street team. I could not be more thrilled that it is you guys who are aware of this giveaway. My man Vinny, he's right right there. Vinny with his prison pocket, with his his harem of unbelievably hot chicks, his new verification check that he did not pay for. I mean, dude, God is shining on Vinny, and I need you to follow him. We were just talking about it, man. Like, we're sending somebody on an adventure. You know, tell us your dreams. Tell us, like, what's important. Tell, you know? I think I might do this more in the future. Gotta be a good, gotta be a good one. So follow Vinny and get to it. All right, man. I love you, my beautiful street team. I love Steve Aoki, too. Yeah, dude. Oh, and I'm in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gents.